Hey, Unnaturalists. I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to the 100th episode of Unnatural. We made it. <sighs> we finally did it. <laughs> You're doing a pretty good job. Does that sound like? Yeah. Yeah. The giant crowd is giving us a standing ovation. No, look. We just want to give a huge thank you to everybody in the past two and a half years who's listened for this whole time. Or if you're just joining us, that's great, too. We would not be here without you guys. Well, we might, I guess. But it's so much better to have people listening, like a bunch of people listening. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> than just me and you. I think we would probably definitely still be here. We might not be putting it out publicly. Yeah, it would just be me and you talking about it. Yeah, we would just be on our Google Meet, like chit chatting yeah. away. Right. <laughs> but it's a lot more fun to have you guys along, and in honor of our 100th episode. We've got a few fun things planned, a few things up our sleeve, or at least I do, Emily, that you don't even know about here. So I'm excited for this. Well, I know a little bit because you told us last week, didn't you? Yeah, but there's a few things oh, I haven't sprinkled in a couple with, yeah. little extra surprises for kind of like a mm-hmm. birthday, but it's not a birthday. It's just a hundred <laughs> episodes. <laughs> well, in case people were completely unaware of this. And if you are, we are about to blow your mind and you're going to have to go back and listen to every episode. At the end of each case, as the music plays, we play our outtakes for that episode. And these are usually things that have absolutely zero relevance to the case. Our side stories. Our yeah, they're usually quips where like I'll say something out of pocket uh-huh. and I'm like, don't put that in there. <laughs> or I lead you down a tangent on something and mm-hmm. maybe we start. I lead you down yeah. a tangent we're, on something. We're both good at leading people down tangents. Bodily functions. Yeah. Sneezing. Lots of sneezes. Um, things that are just 100% off the cuff. Well, I put together a montage of all of our favorites from the past two and a half years. And that's one of the many things you're going to hear at the very end of our 100th episode. Also, I have a quick unnatural pop quiz I'm going to give Emily before we're done, which should be a lot of fun as well. You weren't aware that there would be a test, were you? Is it graded? (laughs) (laughs) All of that is coming up, but first... In honor of, well, some of the episodes we've already covered, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at a list from psychologists of the 13 most deranged serial killers of all time. This is all from the psychologist's point of view. Love lists. Yeah. So we'll get to that right now. comes to psychology, it's probably not a surprise that a lot of psychologists profile serial killers. They look into why they did what they did. And there have been a lot of fascinating insights that come out because of these psychological profiles. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to check out this list. It's on Psychology Guide Online. We've covered a few of these. This one we haven't covered it's something both you and I know a lot about. And I think maybe just because he's maybe one of the most covered serial killers of all time, mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. That name resonates, I would say, with almost every American. Even if you were born long after he died, you probably know the name Ted Bundy, one of the most deranged serial killers ever, not to mention 
he was a kidnapper, he was a rapist, he was a burglar, and he was even a necrophile. All kind of at the same time. I know you know a lot about Ted Bundy yourself, and another thing about him is he kept uh, souvenirs. He kept uh, their heads as souvenirs from many of his victims. Yeah, certainly up there. I don't know how high he is on your list, but. I remember watching um, a documentary about him and they had a bunch of clips from, you know, like when he was, he acted as his own lawyer. Mm -hmm. Famously, yeah. Infamously. Yeah. And just the, he, he seemed like such a smart Mm -hmm. charismatic guy like if you set aside what he did that is what is just so mind-boggling wild to me yeah is like i mean you know he's not the only serial killer that we know of that has been like super personable and like you know like a quote-unquote family guy Mm -hmm. and um you know whatever so i think that is what always um interests me is is how they are able to like basically kind of compartmentalize sort of right to a degree they live two different lives life yeah and he definitely did as you mentioned he represented him himself he was obviously found guilty executed in 1989 after admitting to kidnapping and murdering at least 30 women but most people think it's much much higher than that Mm-hmm. I th- I think if I'm remembering correctly, I thought they were estimating it in like potentially even the hundreds, yeah. but like definitely sixty ish. Right, and we'll likely never know the real yeah. number. Number two on the list, and this isn't ranking them; they're just all together. So the next on the list is Harold Shipman, nickname Doctor Death. I'm sure you're familiar with Harold Shipman. Vaguely. Well, he's actually thought to be responsible for murdering 218 of his patients between 1972 and 1998. Again, they think this number is much, much higher. Mm-hmm. He was a practicing physician, had very easy access to potential victims, which is why they say he was able to kill so many without suspicion. One of the things that tipped people off about him was he had asked for a weirdly large number of cremation certificates, and that kind Mm -hmm. of tipped off the local undertaker who actually was the one who first reported him and he was like "Mm, this is a little said it was a little weird eventually harold shipman was convicted in the year 2000 but that was only after one of the victim's daughters reported that he had tried to write a will for that victim that would name him as the beneficiary. So yeah. It's like he, he killed hundreds of people and then he's still trying to profit essentially off oh, them yeah. too. Uh, he uh, He's another one who died in prison by suicide in 2004. Of course he did. Next on the list is a guy that we covered last season, early last season. It was Andre Chikatilo otherwise known as the Red Ripper. And that was a two-parter that we did. You can hear kind of an all-encompassing two episodes on his life and crimes. But essentially, between 1978 and 1990, Andre sexually assaulted, murdered, and mutilated more than 50 young women and children. Just absolutely awful. And he killed his victims by stabbing and slashing them with a knife. I'm not going to go into all of the 
horrible details because he was really weird about the way he did it too. But again, you can check out those episodes for more information. But Chikatilo was also nicknamed the Butcher of Rostov and the Rostov Ripper. That was the city in which he committed his 56 brutal murders. Mm -hmm. He was executed by firing squad in 1994. Next on the list, even this headline says no list of the most deranged serial killers would be complete without any guess. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Shocker. He's kind of been all over pop culture the last couple of years, especially since that show came out on Netflix. But even before that, the guy was infamous to most Americans who knew his name because of the brutal nature of his crimes. He was also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal. And eventually he was convicted of murdering 17 young men And this was over a period of about 14 years. But he didn't just murder them. He also raped, dismembered, and of course, sometimes even ate his victims. And he actually admitted during his trial that he drilled a hole into his victims' heads in his weird attempt to try and turn them into his sex slave. Obviously, he would have been executed for his crimes, but he was ultimately beaten to death in prison in 1994. And I remember as a kid, I remember hearing about that. And I remember nobody was upset that he was dead. Nobody. Yeah. You know? No. Up next is Albert Fish. And... He was a guy known as the Brooklyn Vampire or the Moon Maniac. He was tried. He was found guilty of killing and raping and even cannibalizing three young children in the early 1900s. But he claimed that he had actually murdered something like at least 100 kids. And he even said, quote, He had children in every state. He had children in every state. Yeah, which back at that time, there were 48, 7, 48 states. Still. Yeah. What's also crazy is the fact that Albert Fish even sent a letter to one of the mothers of his victims. Oh, sick. 10-year-old Grace Bud was the victim. In the letter, he went on about how he lured her, strangled her, and even cut her into pieces. And this was over the course of nine days. That's so sick. The fact that he went into detail about that is just absolutely crazy. But the next one, speaking of crazy, is a guy I know you've heard of. And he is... One of the reasons why so many people have an irrational fear of clowns, and we're talking about the killer clown, John Wayne Gacy. I don't know if I've shared this or not. I know I've talked to you about it. He was actually living in my hometown right before he moved to Chicago and did all of those killings and everything that he did. It's just, it's one of those crazy facts about my hometown that everybody knows. That mm-hmm. back in the 1950s. Didn't your uncle or someone in your family like know him? Yeah, well, not know him, knew of him and knew to stay away from him. But the yeah. the thing was that all the young boys, even in my hometown of Waterloo, Iowa, would be invited over to his house to play pool. But they all knew never to stay alone with the guy. Yeah. Why would you go over there in the first place, though? Come on. Well, my dad told me about this. And if you put yourself in a teenager's perspective. That's fair. You got to think about it like. But in like hindsight, like what we know. And he was letting them smoke cigarettes. He was he was giving them cigarettes. He was giving them alcohol, letting them play pool over at his place. If you're like a 16 year old boy, of course, you're going to think that that's cool. And you're going to take the risk. Of hoping that you you're not alone with the guy but that's fair john wayne gacy uh, did 
like I said, moved to the Chicago area and became known as the killer clown because of the job that he had at the time. Uh, He attended children's birthday parties as Pogo the Clown, which, of course, gave him easy access to potential victims. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that's so creepy. It's so weird. It's so weird. I know. I know. It feels like a movie, like this didn't actually happen, but it did. And he was eventually convicted of raping, torturing, and murdering at least 33 boys over a six-year period. Again, that's probably more than that. Even my Mm -hmm. hometown, there are some people out there saying that he killed boys then too. Wouldn't surprise me. Right. He would lure the boys to his home and then he would kill them either by strangulation or asphyxiation. Then he would bury all of them on his property, which is kind of infamous now when they dug up all of the bodies in his yard, which, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Yeah. The guy was something else. He was executed back in 1994. This is another one I guarantee you've heard of. In fact, he was known as the first really famous or infamous serial killer, and that's Jack the Ripper. I have seen probably like 10 different documentaries on Jack the Ripper, and every time I go away from it saying to myself, I still don't know who he was, and we probably never will know. Jack the Ripper is the name that everybody knows, but nobody is certain about his true identity. Yeah, like where did he come from? Right. In 1888, it was Jack the Ripper who terrorized a neighborhood in London by slitting the throats and even the abdomens of at least five prostitutes and would leave them for dead in the middle of the night. Sometimes he even would remove the woman's uterus as kind of a prize. He didn't get a chance to do it. He didn't get a chance to do it every single time because of people that were walking around the area or a neighborhood watchman, something like that. But remember, this is right in the middle of one of the biggest cities of the world at the time. Right. Some people had theories that he was a local butcher or maybe he was a physician because he knew anatomy so well. I mean, it would make sense. But it literally, the last documentary I watched has probably at least 15 or 20 suspects. So we're probably never going to know, but he definitely needs to make this list because, again, he was the first big one. Right. This one, much less well-known. He was a German serial killer named Joachim Kroll. This is a guy that murdered at least 14 people, including kids. And this was between 1955 and 76. He would strangle his victims with his bare hands and then have sex with their corpses and then cut up the pieces and eat them. Oh, no. Necrophilia is so weird. For (laughs) what? I know. For what? Like, not that I've really, I've, I don't think I've ever encountered this in the wild, but I have heard stories from women where, you know, their partner has asked them to like, Oh, like, be a dead fish. Ah. It's like, for what? Why do you want that? <laughs> oh, hmm? no. Buddy. No. No. Oh, thank God I've never had anybody say that to me. Um. Yeah, me either. Like, I've been I like how you said in the wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you hear about these things, but you don't ever, really ever expect to, like, encounter a real one out in the wild, you know? God. Okay, moving on. 
Yukim Kroll was caught finally after years, only after a neighbor had been complaining about, I guess, a sewage backup because of his plumbing. It turns out the pipes were clogged with human remains. And that's how they figured out he was doing what he was doing. I know. And after he was arrested, it sounds like he was right in the process of like simmering some of the body parts from his latest victim. So, Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. I, sometimes I'm just like, like what the fuck do those investigators think when they turn up and like, that's what they find and that's what they got to go through. I know. Imagine this, the smell. Imagine the PTSD, man. Oh, I have enough. I have shit would stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, like I, I, I have enough PTSD. <laughs> I don't need to add crime scene. Well, I might give you some more PTSD. List. I might give you some more PTSD with the next one here. Although I'm pretty sure you've heard of this guy. Maybe not his actual name, but definitely his nickname. Actual name was is Joseph James D'Angelo. Intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barcy to Kurt Cobain. Summer predators and summer prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit brokenlimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Does that name ring a bell to you? It does. The Golden State Killer. Yes. One of the more infamous killers on the West Coast of the U.S. One that I hope we cover at some point. His crimes were between 1974 and 1986, but he wasn't identified as the Golden State Killer until DNA evidence matched him with one of the crimes. I was going to say, that was just like a handful of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I want to say like 2018 or the years just all blend together for me now. I know. Like you could tell me that was 10 years ago and you could tell me that was two years ago. Oh, 2018. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. And yeah, you could say, oh, yeah, it was like 10 years ago. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Right. (laughs) Okay. No, it was just a couple years ago. Like, okay, good. I guess that's five years ago already. God, that's weird. So D'Angelo murdered at least 13 people. They say that he sexually assaulted more than 50 and committed at least 100 burglaries. Uh, one of the reasons he was able to not be captured for so long was because he was a former police officer and Probably his training helped him executing his crimes and probably minimizing any sort of evidence that he might leave behind. Absolutely. One of the reasons his crimes stand out often is because he taunted his victims. I'm sure you heard about this. He would stay for hours in their homes. He would go through all of their valuables and Mm -hmm. just kind of trash their house, eat their food, 
and even threatened to kill their families and their pets. Um, sometimes he would target couples living together. Sometimes it would be single people. He didn't really discriminate in that fashion. He would place plates on the backs of his male victims so he could hear if the victim tried to get up and move, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just some weird psychological shit. It's horrifying to think about what these poor people went through. Yeah. I mean, for hours. Like for hours, yeah. Before Ugh. they were killed. I mean, if mm -hmm. if it was me, I would want it to happen right away. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Like, if I have to get murdered by a serial killer, like, quick. Well, and he was one of those killers who would actually hide in their home while they were gone. Mm -hmm. um, or he would ransack the place. And they would think that it was just a burglary and he would pretend like he would leave. So then they would get up, turn on the lights, and then he would jump out of the shadow yeah, and attack them. So weird. Just that is the worst. crazy. And yeah. that's a, like a different level of crazy. Mm -hmm. Which is why he makes this psychological list here he is currently 77 years old and in prison for the rest of his life as he should be this one i it was in one of our first five episodes i want to say the monster of the andes do you remember that mm -hmm. guy pedro lopez yeah awful awful human wow and that was one of the worst ones i think i've ever covered personally mm -hmm. um he was a native of colombia but if I remember right, he also had victims in Ecuador and Peru. Yeah. About a hundred of them were tribal women who lived on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. There were maybe at least another 240 murders that people think he did in Peru and Colombia, which I can't even wrap my mind around that many murders. Yeah. And like, if it's true, like that's such a high, that's such a big number. Well, and he was arrested in 1980 and he actually took police to the graves of at least 53 victims. Yeah. And they were all children between the ages of nine and 12. Uh, he was found guilty after that. But the crazy, crazy, craziest thing about this and we talked about this in the podcast. He was released in 1998 for good behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And th there's a bunch of rumors about what happened to him after that. Some people say one of the families hired someone to kill him. Some people say he ran into the jungle and died. Some people say he's still lurking today, but nobody can really confirm it. We kind of go into all of that in that episode. Mm -hmm. But... One of the worst ever. Definitely. No question. I would like to think that he was tracked down and captured by like the family and like yeah. friends of his victims and Or that somebody had like a pet tiger and he when he ran into the jungle, they let the tiger loose on him. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to think. <laughs> a little, you know, jungle justice, not yeah. entirely unlike jailhouse justice. Jungle justice, I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is how you pronounce this one. Gilles de Ray is next on the list. This is way back in 1400s, Emily. Wow. So Gilles de Ray was a knight and a lord and a leader in the French army. And he was also one of the first documented serial killers because... Between 1432 and 1433, Gilles de reportedly murdered and also sodomized. Why are we sodomizing? I know. At least Can 40. At least 40 children. Children yeah. even. Many of the boys' naked bodies were actually found in his own estate back in 1437. There was a biography done in the 70s and it described how he would lure the boys to their deaths he would put them in really really fancy clothing for the time 
give them a large meal and lots of wine. And finally, he would, quote, confront each boy with the true nature of his situation, end quote, and then kill them. I hate him. And and it's weird because this happened, what, over 600 years ago? And yet, he's still kind of using the same tactics and the same mannerisms as some of these guys that we talked about, you know, just a number of years ago. It's just weird how really all these shitheads are the same, no matter yeah. what went what year they did this. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's just human nature. I mean, in the worst fashion, but even these serial killers are essentially a lot of them are the same. This one I know you I know you've heard of. For over a year in the 80s, where he terrorized neighborhoods in and around the Los Angeles area, it was a guy with the nickname The Night Stalker. Richard Ramirez. Yep, Richard Ramirez. And what he would do is break into homes, absolutely brutally murder his victims sometimes sexually assaulting them first. It was usually um, people from their early 20s all the way up into a woman who was 79. He used guns, handguns, knives, a tire iron, and even a machete and a hammer. He never had any remorse for what he did either. And... He actually died of lymphoma before he was set to be executed. Got one more. This is the last one. This one is one that you might not be familiar with. Uh, His name was H.H. Holmes. Although I feel like you and I have talked about this one. Because you know a lot about the Chicago area. This guy was a con artist. He actually moved to Chicago back in the 1880s. And he worked in a pharmacy. He actually got a building right next to the pharmacy, and that was the place where he used to kill and get rid of, dispose of his victims. And the number is kind of anywhere between 20 and 200 victims. In Chicago, I mean, it's just crazy. It sounds like he did most of his killings around 1893 during the... um, some sort of big exposition fair type of thing that was going on in Chicago. It wasn't mm-hmm. the world's fair, but it was something like that. And there was a bunch of new people into the city that had never been there before. And he kind of capitalized off of that. He offered those people rooms and accommodations. And they were like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah, I can just stay at this guy's house, you know? Well, this guy's house would later be called the murder castle. And he actually even constructed a bunch of hidden rooms. That's where he would torture many of his victims and killed them. The building even had a bunch of like shoots and trap doors. And that's how he would easily get rid of the bodies. Mm-hmm. And move them from the, the did you see upper that? floor. Um, Devil in the White City. Is that a movie? And a book. Devil in the White City. Yeah, um, it came out in like twenty, I don't know, twelve, thirteen ish. I think. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. Nice. How have I not seen this? I don't know. I think it was like super independent. I haven't seen it, but I've read the book. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. That sounds good. So yeah, he would use the trap doors and the chutes to easily get the bodies from the upper floors down to the lower floors. And that's usually where he burned them. He was put to death in 1896 after a conviction of murdering a guy by the name of Benjamin Peitzel. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the list. It's a good list. The most deranged and worst serial killers, according to psychology. 
I'd have to say I, I agree with all of that. I can't think of anybody really that they left off. I'm sure there's a bunch of them, but those are kind of the big ones. I would yeah, say. like if you have to narrow it down to a list, like those yeah. ones should definitely be yeah. on the list. So we have our outtakes coming up, Emily. We do. I'm so this, excited. This was a hell of a hundredth episode, man. <laughs> but, talking about a doozy. But our outtakes are coming up. But I do have a quick unnatural pop quiz for you. So are you ready for these questions? Yes. All right. Question number one. I don't expect you to get any of these right because these are really hard. In which episode... I, let me say before this, I had to do some painstaking research to figure these out. I had to go back and listen. Took me a while. In which episode did we first say our opening line, hey, unnaturalists? It feels like we've been saying that forever. But what episode, if you had to guess, was the episode where we first said that? Can I look? <laughs> like, you want to look back on the list? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. You can't listen. No. I'm going to say episode 47. You're about 10 off, actually. 57. 37. 37? We've been doing it for that long. February of 2022, the Honolulu Strangler, and we can credit... Our friend from across the pond, Suze, from the Dark Side podcast for giving us that idea. We've been doing it ever since, Suze. We have. It's stuck. It did. What about this one? In which episode did we first use our tagline outro, make good choices and don't get got? We have not been saying that since the beginning. And I remember when we first started recording the podcasts... You and I were like, oh, man, we have to have a tagline. And it took us a while, but we got there. I'm going to say... For the record, I did not know any of these either. It was kind of early on. I mean, it was earlier than the Suze one. Was it the Jonestown Massacre? Episode 12? Oh, you're so close. You were so close. Episode 13. Ah! The B&B Murders. That honestly would have been my second guess. And it was funny because I went back and I listened. And I was like, oh, we don't say it in this episode. And then you're like, oh, by the way. (laughs) Then it was the first time. So, yeah. And the rest was history. The B&B Murders. Yeah. Uh, Which episode did we first air our outtakes at the very end? We haven't been doing that the entire time either, but it was early on. That had to have been episode 10. Episode 4, The Butcher Baker. That's was that. It? Yeah, that's the dude up in Alaska that Oh, yeah, because now yeah, cuz I remember doing I remember doing it for Molly Tibbets. Yep. Yep. And Nico Jenkins. Yeah. So there you go, your unnatural, unanswerable questions. By the way, uh, 77 countries, all 50 states, our podcast has been played in. The most remote place where we've been played, the Faroe Islands. If you don't know where that is, look it up. Because it's kind of crazy that we have listeners there. But I love that. I don't know about you, but that's awesome. And also shout out to our top five listen to states in order, California, South Dakota, Texas, Florida, and Iowa. Which is funny because you'd think it would be Minnesota, but... Minnesota is number six. You got to step up your game, land of 10,000 lakes. Come on. My friends. (laughs) I think we're going to have some Minnesota-centric episodes coming up, though. So that might help. We are, actually. Good. And uh, I am pretty excited. And real quick, top five listen to countries outside of the US, Emily. Canada, the UK, Australia, Ireland, and then a tie between Mexico and India. And by the way, about 20% of our audience is international and we love you guys. We do. 
so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for celebrating 100 episodes with us. If you guys have any ideas, we're not just one of those podcasts that say we want to hear what you guys think or we want to hear episode ideas. We really want to hear it. And they can do that by going over to our socials. Yes. Come hang out with us on Instagram at Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can also get a hold of us by Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. And we will talk to you next week. You know how I know you've been doing that a long time? Because for our listeners who can't see you, which is everybody, you now say that while simultaneously closing your eyes. Yeah, because I don't have to read it off of my notes anymore. <laughs> it's like you just go into this trance and start saying our socials. <laughs> it's impressive. It's really Thank good. You. Thank you. <laughs> I've said it at least a hundred times. So, On that note. Make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. Andy rules. Oh, so original. Groundbreaking, Andy. Groundbreaking. Did you like where I put it in, though? That's what she said. (laughs) Put that on the blooper reel. And I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I want you. What the fuck? Oh, wait, it's coming. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love the early 2000s. That yes. was the best age of music. Yeah. Like emo. I, I'm guessing in the early 2000s, you were on AIM. I'm just saying. I was. <laughs> My screen name was Doin X V X Dirty. Wow. Getting deep right yep. there. Okay. All right. 12 year old Emily really going deep there. Okay. <laughs> So, the fact that she didn't have the genitalia he was attracted to, that's justification for murdering her. Which is absolutely just absurd. I mean, how many women do you know, straight women, who have been with men, and those guys didn't have the genitalia the women were expecting? I mean, come on, and they didn't murder them. What, was that too much? (laughs) I'm just being honest here. I'm having violent flashbacks. I think I'm experiencing PCSD. You know, I've always wanted to swim with a narwhal. And what I want to do with a narwhal is just hold on to its horn while it's pulling me along. At like four knots. Well, if you were on the bottom. Or bottom. Wait, did I say did I say that in a sexual way? I didn't mean to. It's one of those who done it kind of cases. Who? Whomst. Right. Is it whomst? Whomst. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words, whomst. Is whomst technically a word? I don't think it is. It was and whomst. see because I got no, I got into an argument. I'm going on to my Google. No, I got into an argument with somebody about this. Was it an ex-boyfriend? No, it was like a stranger on the internet. A stranger? Okay, hold on. Humst. Humstdorf. Humstdorf. It, 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 it. Humst is defined as for times when you want to ask whom or whom, but need a fancier connotation. X. Francois dropped his caviar in the toilet. Humst would do such a thing. Humist. Okay, I guess it exists. Mm-hmm. The one movie that holds up, and I don't know if you've seen it, it's not a, Flubber. one of his. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And <laughs> what? What'd I do? Your little head shake was funny. I'm Andy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, start over. Hey guys, I'm Emily.
I'm Andy. <laughs> okay. And welcome to Unnatural. Yeah, let's start it again. Right. Hey guys, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm Andy. I could do the whole podcast like sounding like some cowboy. Please don't. That's fucked up, Emily. I can't believe that happened to her. I would never. Please continue. Leave. You got any chewing tobacco? <laughs> oh, God. Stop. So what do we got going on today? To- Whoa. We have burps going Clearly, on Clearly uh, some, uh, some burps going on today. Today we're traveling back to 1965, Emily. Hold on. I just lost my fucking place great way to start it you literally just started how did you already lose your place it should be at the very because my mouse like went out of control jesus what <sighs> and then the was trial that, was, was that the train oh could you hear that yeah there's a train coming i hear the train coming <laughs> coming around <laughs> I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when Oh, I'm sucking for some prison Time keeps dragging on Sorry You really got into that (laughs) I love Johnny Cash I fucking love Johnny Cash Cash. I love the Johnny Cash movie with Joaquin Phoenix and yes. Reese Witherspoon. What about Reese without her spoon? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, Matthew McConaughey. I fucking wish. Same. You wish you were Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that could be a, its own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Emily wishing she was Matthew McConaughey. There's so many questions to be answered there. We will talk next week when Andy tells us about... The New Year's Resolution Killer. Ooh, ooh. I don't think I've ever heard of that. A guy that made a long list of people he wanted to kill in the next year. And that was his New Year's resolution list. Ha. Huh. I'm just kidding. That never happened. God damn it. Andy. That'd be a I hell of like, a story though, right? Yes. <laughs> so he kind of pivoted it. Or so he kind of pivoted. 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 He kind of pivoted. Why did I have to make that one of my words? Um, so he kind of pivoted and went. <laughs> I said it right that time, didn't I? Yes. Or am I just overemphasizing it now? You're overemphasizing Fuck. it Fuck. So he kind of pivoted and went to the family practice arena. <laughs> so he decided a change of course and went to the... Pa- <laughs> so he said, Fuck that. I'm not going to be a surgeon anymore. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I fucking boring you? Yeah, you are. This is the point. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. So the next morning, I'm going to be stationary here for the rest of this fucking podcast. But the next morning, Andrew, the next morning, Andrew is found dead. <laughs> I'm trying not to be like excited about it. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> that is, look I know you've told me before not to put your burps in the outtakes but I'm sorry that is fucking going in the outtakes that was a good one though
But who comes to the family's rescue? Well, it's Dieter. Ugh. And <laughs> I hate him. Well, you don't even know him yet. I hate him. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you hate me? Is there something you yeah. have to do? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just using me for the podcast here? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the truth comes out. Yeah, I need we someone continue. who knows how to edit. Apparently. Um, <laughs> he also said she even went as far as to tell him to throw a hockey puck at her on one occasion. What? Which. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> 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 I was. It all came out at the same time, and I had no control over that. She was hired as the director of the occupational therapy department at Cosair Crippled Children's Hospital. That's a mouse, mouthful. That is a I mouthful. Almost, I almost said a mouthful because of your mouse. I, I had to say it three <laughs> times. <laughs> so her friend returns from Africa. Africa. <laughs> her friend. Africa. Africa. She go to Africa. God bless the rains down in Africa. <laughs> June started referring to Sheila as, quote-unquote, the devil's child. Motherfucker, didn't she come out of your hooch? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. And also, quite a few jugs of large water jugs. Jugs of large water jugs? (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's also quite a few large water jugs in there and some food in there as well. Sorry. Did I say it wrong again? No, but it just (laughs) made me laugh a second time. Because I wrote it wrong the first time. A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine, but he's also known as a buster. Did you almost say hustler? Yeah. (laughs) Sneeze? (laughs) Bless you. <laughs> and there it is. The okay. last little part of COVID leaves her body. Bye-bye, <sighs> COVID. <laughs> I like that. <sighs> um, Although I would never trust anybody with the last name Peacock. Just saying. No. I want to see your Peacock. Coconoco, Coconino, Coconino County Sheriff's Office. I struggled with that one a little bit. Anyway. Coconut? Coco, if you like pina coladas and solving murders in the rain. If you want to catch a killer, they might say you're insane. Oh, she even rhymed it. Putting bad guys in prison. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was good. You know, I can, I can freestyle. I like your improv there. Yeah, yeah. You're right there with uh, Eminem and Eight Mile. Yeah. (laughs) We love those. They're sneaky. They are. Gotta be careful of the mountain lions or the cougars. And I'm not just talking about the cats. Am I right? Please stop. (laughs) Hey, I was seduced by a cougar. And I'm not talking about a lady. It was an actual lion. It was a very traumatic moment for me. Or a risk to hire someone to start whacking off witnesses. Whacking off witnesses, huh? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's just what came out of my mouth. Leave me alone. Hey, I'll give you five hundred dollars if you go whack that guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Taking out, assassinating. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so eating the genitals. Bless you. Bless you. Damn. <laughs> You should enter the Guinness World Records for speed sneezing. 
I might win. My record is um, 10. Like 10 in a row that quickly? Yeah. Holy shit. There's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) 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 So do you remember those um, charm bracelets that were all the rage? I don't think I have mine anymore, but like they had little, they were like little squares and like you could buy little charms and they like linked together. Yeah. So like they weren't dangly charms. They were just like. Yeah. I think I got an ex-girlfriend one of those or something. Okay. So my mom had one. Yeah. We were in California on vacation (laughs) and she's so excited because she's like, oh, look at this little charm that I got. And I look at it and it says, I heart my dachshund. Did she have a dachshund? No, <laughs> and I was, and that's what I said. I was like, "I love my dachshund," and she was like, "What? I thought it said husband." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you crushed her with that. Yeah, yeah. So wait, how did who gave that to her, or did she? She buy- bought it herself because she thought she said it, she thought it said "I love my husband," but it said "I love my dachshund." <laughs> Do you ever remember seeing your mom wear it again after that? I don't think she did. I think she, I think she like, I don't, I don't know if she kept it. Can you, I'll have uh, to ask her. Can you do an update for us next, next podcast? And we need, we I'll need, forget. I'm going to just going to ask her when I go over there today. Okay. I'll record it. Yeah. We need some resolution here. <laughs> my God. What was that? <laughs> I, I, Oh I God. laughed and like I spit a little, so I had to quickly <laughs> get it back I mean, in. You, it was some spittle. A you spittled. had some spittle. The spit I spat. Well, it's better than the shit you shat. <laughs> that was good. But the point is, we preserved. We're we no, we didn't preserve. We persevered. <laughs> we persevered, Emily. We did barely. <laughs> I guess we stayed preserved, too. I got lots of preservatives in me. Here we are. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. Rewind. (laughs) That really is a happy ending to an otherwise tragic story from so long ago. I'm all about the happy endings. Well... (laughs) Gee, I wonder if that's going in the outtakes. It was huge. Oh, see, like, I stole road cones. (laughs) I stole road cones. (laughs) Yeah, and I got pulled over one time, and... They saw the road cone? I don't don't remember why, but the cops asked to look in my trunk. Hmm. And they found one of them? Well, and I didn't know any better, so I was like, yeah, sure. And then there was there was two road cones <laughs> in my trunk. And they were like, why are there road cones in your trunk? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, this is my dad's car. I'm just driving it. And they were like, well, does your dad work construction? And I was like, yeah. He didn't. <laughs> so I was like 16. It was a victimless crime. It was a victimless crime. In fact, maybe that should be like the intro of Haunty Spook Spook. Get up, kabogga down with the Halloween. Get up, kabogga down with the spooky season. Get up, kabogga down with the ghosties. Was that an original? Because I know that's a disturbed song, but... Oh, pizza's done. Now we will take a break to enjoy some delicious pizza from Hedgies. Hedgies is not a sponsor, but we wish they would be at some point. Hedgies, if you're listening, feel free to email us, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. Hit me, baby, one more time. I want to prove that I could do that. That's going to be an interesting one for when you go and listen. 
just a wealth of knowledge that needs to be tapped. It's fucking amazing. Ask me about asteroids sometime. <laughs> As she was on her way to an arts and craft store, actually a Michael's in Fredericksburg. No. And miraculously, she actually became the first survivor of the snipers. Good for her. Yeah. She It was that Michael's energy. Like she needed to go to Michael's and goddammit, not even a gunshot wound was gonna stop her. Well, unfortunately I didn't let you know this, but one of the victims before that actually perished was at a Michael's as well. Don't lie. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Never mind. <laughs> so there goes that theory. He never were, you know, had any remorse for what he did either. And he actually died of lymphoma before he was executed. Before he was set to be executed. <laughs> they didn't execute him after he died from lymphoma, Andy. <laughs> Alright, he's dead. Now let's kill him! <laughs> well, we didn't he didn't die the way we wanted him to, so I will. Get him in the chair. Yeah. Well just for good measure. 